0: The brain trust oh that's a, one you know already this is a bonus
1: brain trust this bonus. is a hmm does it have its own thing i th- i think we probably have a special theme song for our bonus episodes of the brain trust
0: and if you're if you're on this level
1: you know what we're doing mm-hmm. here you know who we are not only do you know it you actually like it you so, chose to be here so i'm will that's adam and uh, we talked about last episode that I had um, a little bit of a problem. I had a little bit of an RPG tech troubleshooting issue that I needed my computer expert and um, my help desk uh, number one, Adam Vass, to help me yeah, out Yeah, this with. is
0: super tech support since <laughs> Reply All doesn't
1: exist anymore. We can just... Oh, I, that's how about we call it RPG troubleshooting? Great. <laughs> or uh, <is> there, <laughs> i don't want to uh. ooh <laughs> um. the name's there it's for the taking that's um. true um i didn't really love the the blaze of glory that podcast went out no. on i do listen to alex goldman produces a new podcast that i refer to as my evil podcast um and it's called western kabuki okay have you heard of this i have not it is a podcast. Uh, just to give you the full example of the show, they each quarter will have the um, worst tweet of uh, Q4 2023. Oh. And then they will have a bracket of the worst tweets. <laughs> so uh, it's great. Um, uh, the hosts are Wack Nicholson, Juniper, who was recently banned from Twitter, and um, some other uh, people, guest on. Love um, it. Anyway, <laughs> Western Kaboogie, it is. I've really tried to limit how much I listen to things that make me feel like fucking shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm deep on the like, I'm not going to listen to stuff that makes me feel too bad because it affects my brain. So when I want to listen to the most doomer things I cannot control, like the worst weirdos on Twitter. I, it really needs to be the right right time. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, RPG troubleshooting, does that sound good? I want it to be like, I played a session and I had a problem, and we're going to talk about it.
0: Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of something like, oops, all berries, like... <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> a little more... Uh, you got chocolate in my peanut butter? Like, not... Trouble, you know, like oh, we had a thing, but more like maybe we can make some lemonade here, you know.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of it as like in the context of like a session of therapy or something like that, mm. or like um, because I was just mm. gonna
0: say the uh, Panera Bread supercharged lemonade <laughs> <laughs> corner. <laughs> Where we, where we take some lemons where we die. and we turn it
1: into super drunk <laughs> lemonade. Um, Saw so TikTok of a. This is the vibe of bonus episodes, by the way. No so rules, a just right. Of of a guy going to Wendy's and drive-through ordering, saying like, "Can I get some of that lemonade uh, that kills people?" <laughs> and the person was like, uh, "I'm sorry, I, sorry. What did you want? Some of that lemonade that's killing people." Um, <laughs> jesus troubleshooting Uh, tech support um ttrpg tech support maybe what was wait there was something going with the therapy couch therapy yeah therapy couch therapy g Um, therapy g (laughs) (laughs) okay the therapy g couch does that have, what's the theme gonna be like for the therapy G couch? Um
0: I'm thinking something like Victorian classical <laughs> I was like say
1: Fraser. Uh, but <laughs> oh I, I like better. some
0: scrambled eggs. Can you combine those
1: somehow? <laughs> yeah, I'll, okay, I'll try. We'll get a swing and bass line and then probably a harpsichord. Yeah, yeah, perfect. <laughs> Straight up fuck uh Kelsey Graham. That Guy. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that guy. Um, okay. My name is Will. Uh, this is my first time on the ther- ther- RPG couch. <laughs> and uh, I had a problem um, with my uh, a session I played this week of Wolves Upon the Coast, which is a hex crawl. I'm learning a lot. Uh, I like playing games that are really different from one another. I like being really well played and well read for games. And a straight up OSR dungeon crawl um, in this style, not super used to. So... I'm playing with three players two of them are my blood relatives closest relatives in the world my two little brothers and I'm playing with my other best friend Adam I've got two Adams that are both my best friends (laughs) yeah did you know about this no Uh, Adam Sewell um, who also plays music (laughs) Um, and uh, me. me with a
0: fake mustache.
1: Um, it's you, but bald, um, <laughs> and, uh, East coast, <laughs> Adam, um, and they are, it's a hex crawl and we got to a dungeon and they were dealing with the dungeon and something very cool in wolves upon the coast is that the only way you level up is by boasting. And so a boast is basically a dare you set for yourself. The moment you boast, you get either plus one to, your attack roll or plus one hit dice that you then roll and get as HP and when you complete the boast you keep that stuff if you can't complete the boast you don't get it and if you shirk the boast uh, you can never boast again so you're just locked out of boasting because you were caught you are not a worthy uh, you know viking that kind of stuff. Yeah, what's First an of all, example of a boast like how serious is the act? Um, yeah so i i believe the rules say it's very open-ended but your next boast has to top the previous one right so the first boast of the session was i'm going to be the first one in the dungeon or i'm gonna bravely enter the dungeon and then it became i'm going to gut this fucking giant worm right like (laughs) they're they're kind of escalating yeah (laughs) yeah and it's a way to, like, push you into situations. It's, like, one of the coolest pieces of at-the-table tech. Um, you can also, like, uh, complicate other people's boasts and, like, boast and, you know, stuff like that. Um, but it was a dungeon, and they were moving through, and the whole conceit of this dungeon, spoilers for Wolves Upon the Coast, on one of the mid-aisles, there's a dungeon that has a giant worm... Uh, in a bunch of the rooms that's making a circuit through the rooms and you have to deal with it when it finds you. Um, And my problem was that the players kept on getting confused about where they were in the dungeon and I didn't want to send them a map of the dungeon to spoil them Um, because there were like secret rooms that were there and the exact locations of the worm and things they hadn't seen yet and I was wondering how you like to deal with this and what you've done in the past in these situations. Uh,
0: so I'm not a big dungeon delver, obviously, um, not a big fantasy head to begin with, but I have played um, four or five years of Dungeons & Dragons.
1: <laughs> uh, Which is actually the first word of that, that game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um Act literally the first name in Dungeons. I mean like, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> like most people, that was my introduction into role playing,
1: and then I found my niche. But should be a game called like Dungeon Lord. I mean that would be cool. Right Yeah. I'm playing Dungeon Lord. <gasps> Any kind
0: of Lord is cool. Well, Labyrinth Lord. <laughs> we'll get we'll put a in that. Um uh, in the the concept of cool lords, I did just go to church for the first time in twenty years or something so
1: <laughs> speaking of cool lord <laughs> you hear the good news I did not yeah. love it
0: um but uh one thing
1: so in my d and d time as I know a cool lord that has to deal with dungeons and his name <laughs> is God okay go ahead uh is Historically we would always have I
0: had as part of my like game design toolkit, I have like a eighteen by twenty four dry erase board. Oh,
1: that and
0: is smart. I will just draw on it, like I will make little idea webs or if I'm prepping a Kickstarter I like make little almost like a when you you know, when you go into a recording studio and you're like guitar, those are the columns, and then the rows are song one, song two, um, little checklist, and make sure I have the files where they need to be, blah, blah, blah. So I use this dry erase board in like all methods of practice. But because I have it, and it's accessible and, and easy, um, I would bring that, we'd set that on the table, and as we were talking about in the mainline episode, um, someone's job was to draw the cartography of the dungeon as we go through it room by room and you don't have to draw a fucking you know the Sistine chapel yeah <laughs> you draw a here's an oval and here's what's in that room and uh that's good enough
1: and then so more like a
0: mind map point thing point i was gonna say point crawl as like a yeah, and then especially by treating it like a point call, it's easy to add new points if you, like, learn new things. Um, mm. Similarly, like, if you say, you know, we go in, we're three rooms deep, and then we find out that back in room one there was a door we didn't see. You can d- put, like, a dotted line there on, like, the physical map that's in front of you and say, like, we can go back here now. Like, this is a new thing that we just learned. Um so, doing that online would be really easy with um, something like Miru or... Is that what it's called? No, that's the game.
1: Miru. <laughs> I always get these two things I mixed Nakano up now. Hynekoto
0: presents Miro. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: that's so funny. Post-apocalyptic Miro. Uh, okay. I've I've got something that complicates this. Okay. Um, and that's my player's, like, kind of relationship to technology. It's fair. Um, um, okay so we've got my youngest brother has something that he's started to refer to as tech rot okay <laughs> like techno <laughs> all of his technology is getting fucked up like is fucking itself up and um what that means is that he we are playing uh in google sheets We're keeping all of the character information on Google Sheets. I mean, if you want to be
0: really pedantic, you just use the cells and you color them. Uh, And, like, then you have a... I mean, because we're talking about kind of... Again, like, because it's a point crawl, you can use the cells to sort of make that little abstracted map. It doesn't have to be perfect or to scale or anything like that. I like like this. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to bring up, this is not really a solution for your problem because this is not necessarily a uh, visual thing. This is um, from the gauntlet for navigating dungeons. It's a PBTA move. So theater of the mind dungeon navigation. Um, From Jason Cordova, this is a rule that I've used a bunch that I like. Um, when you attempt to roll or when you attempt to navigate the labyrinth describe how and roll plus the relevant stat on a 12 plus you hold two on a 10 plus you hold one uh seven to nine you hold one but you encounter a guardian and on a miss you encounter a guardian then on a one to three you lose all of your hold so there's like a crit failure aspect Um, i see then the hold is shared by the party you can f- spend one hold to find a treasure and you just describe what it is where you are or you spend 3 to find the entrance to the heart of the labyrinth or like whatever your goal is so it's a player control it doesn't it's not going to work for what you're describing but i do yeah, like it that's... for saying like you're in a dungeon it's hard to navigate Give the players some autonomy and some power because they don't necessarily care about the rigidity of the dungeon playing, you know, a Power by the Apocalypse game. Um, So the players get to dictate what the rooms are, what the treasure they find is, and you as the GM get to fill it with guardians, decide how bad they fucked up when they fuck up, and (laughs) it's the Quantum Dungeon, right? Like, it can have as many rooms as they decide or that the dice kind of dictate or however long it takes them to like they could have the three hold to get into the heart or whatever that their goal is but they
1: might keep like scouring for treasure so you can go for as long as you want or as long as players want um, yeah it kind of reminds me of like a dungeon robber which was a flash game that took all of the ad and d dungeon delving rules and just made it into like an equation and you click to different options and Initiated different roles based on they used to play that game at my day job all the time. It (laughs) didn't look like anything. Um,
0: Yeah, I really dig that as a different game solution to navigating a dungeon when navigation is something that you can't like account for. Um, Yeah,
1: like right at the table. Right. Yeah. But what we're describing
0: here, (laughs) the tech support issue so you you are looking at the dungeon map like you have one. i've
1: got the dungeon map and a solution i had that i didn't love was screenshotting stuff yeah and putting <laughs> pasting it um um and yeah and i want them because we're gonna be back in the dungeon they killed the worm and now they're going to like explore the dungeon and then look for secrets in it and i want to make sure that I also have the sneaking feeling they might turn the dungeon into a home base for their adventures. Um, So So, in that case, I can share the map when it's done, but I want, like, a plan for when they find another dungeon or something. Yeah.
0: Um, So, again, not going to be the solution for you, but I think a common one is the virtual tabletop, the... Roll right. and and roll 20 and those things. Fog of war. Yeah, where you can, like, illuminate and illuminate. Or, like, the GM has control over light. You can drop the map file in and show things, whatever. Um, when we did that at the table, when we were playing uh, in my first 5e group... Um, we had, like, learned that from Roll20, then brought it to the real table where we had a printed out map and then just a bunch of pieces of paper <laughs> on top of it. And our GM would just, like, move the paper to reveal rooms as we learned about them. Nice. The, I like that. The physical fog of war. Um, so if you wanted to be annoying, you could just point your camera at that and have that be <laughs> something I did run a D and D game for a while where I was remote. Like everyone played in Boston and I was in Michigan and I would Skype in and they would put me on a projector screen. So all the players were in a room and I was this sort of like wizard of Oz character, GM, <laughs> which I really liked and allowed me to do cool, weird stuff of like sending audio files that they could play. Or I had sent them like a cigar box full of sealed envelopes, like a legacy game that I could tell them like open envelope C and then they <laughs> they like find something in world um which was like a fun craft project for me that's sick um that i mean that's a anti tech thing is using the mail in some way and saying like uh you know if you picture the dungeon as kind of like a grid and say like oh you reveal cell is B six like mo- like remove the little square in B six? At that point, you might as well just use the spreadsheets. The same theory, but depending on how tech unsavvy your players are, that's a potential option, <laughs> um, which has a tactility that is kind of f- uniquely fun. I will say, like
1: I do, I do like that as a method. Just in general, I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's hyper practical, but it can be fun, and it allows. This like, again like return to physicality and and the ta- table presence of playing remotely or digitally having something that can touch and mess with, but then you obviously have to trust your players to not look at shit when they're not supposed to.
1: Yeah, um, and I did assign like one player to be the mapper, and I was like, this just realistically won't work like with our situation. So I yeah I think like making. The 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 great idea I think is just making like a representational spreadsheet dungeon, and then maybe my prep will be like I'll make the dungeon in a separate spreadsheet and then paste it in to a sheet when it's when they are exploring it.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. I think it allows you to then prep in a way if you want, but you don't have to. You just have like, yeah, it's it's. It's fluid in that whose responsibility is it to chart this? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it can be I think having that source of truth for like the space that they're in because um like I was mentioning, it was a fight with a big worm, and it was a really dynamic fight where they were running like tying up the worm as it was going over its own segments in the dungeon. And they were they were being really lateral and good. They're all like pretty new players, so they are way smarter than any of us for this kind of stuff. Right? Um, they're thinking as laterally as possible, and so yeah, having that space be really clear as a playground, you know, dungeon as playground kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I think in that way too, like dungeon as playground, the dungeon crawl experience is play and so you want them to kind of like i guess you want them to say what works for them or what they like to do in that way in terms of mapping because i don't know i'm again not the most trad player so like the idea of mapping a place to me is not fun but Mm. i understand i know that it is for people um so it's just sort of like you could try this sort of point crawl thing and see
1: if they're enjoying that. Like, you know, the, the spreadsheet style map. Um, yeah. I. It's so funny you bring this up. Um, this is like transitioning to a new segment. But I am right now assembling, and we'll do an episode on research and stuff, but I'm assembling, like, all of the stuff I want to research for making the Big Grave book. Um, and it's going to be, um, you are winning the city of Big Grave back district by district. And each district has a different uh, theme and vibe and people in it and um, architect that has designed the city or the district and all of the style rivals that are inside. Um, and I had decided that I think point crawls are the way to go for this as an urban exploration kind of thing. Um, And I was wondering if you have any tips for, like, making point crawls. I mean, I have an idea that is simply so good that I realized Alfred Valley already did this. It's like, (laughs) you ever have an idea like that? You're like, oh, I made something so cool and smart, and Alfred Valley did it before.
0: (laughs) That doesn't surprise me, but I, I haven't had that only because Alfred's ideas are just, like, Further uh, ahead
1: of, of in time and space than mine, <laughs> they are. Alfred is a field in a way that, like, I'm just trying to get, you know, <laughs> Alfred Valley further afield. Um, but it was this idea that when you get to one of these districts, uh, you find um, a gig poster or like a telephone pole that has a bunch of shit stapled, uh, shit stapled to it, mm-hmm. and that those represent the points that you can visit. Like, it's all the events happening oh, right now. And cool. that's where the point crawl starts. And then when you investigate nodes of the point crawl, they obviously get more complicated and go deeper into their own points. But I haven't run one, and I'm curious as, you know, kind of what your experience is like for that and what you think. I think I'm not good at it, but
0: my plan, like, so when I do a point crawl, I say, here's all the points. Um, here's the sort of expected paths that connect them. Um, Which are, you know, like lines on the map. That doesn't mean that you can't go offline, but it's just like those are the expected routes, I guess. And then you have rolling for random encounters that are going to take place on the lines or maybe either a different set of encounters or harder things for offline travel. Like if you want to move from three to five and not go three to four um mm. then there's a different either a different section of um encounters or i increased probability on the same list of encounters that something will happen um that's just generally how i play it but that's of me being kind of flippant because i've never found gm'd exploration to be that fun because I think perception tests and, like, do you see this thing? Like, that shit sucks. Um, You just – so I just want – and I think, too, part of my GMing style is to make sure there's never a moment where I'm just like, what do you guys want to do next? I just say, like, here's a fucking thing. Here's a thing. And (laughs) because –
1: Here's a fucking thing. Here's a fucking thing.
0: Like, when it's just like, okay, you step outside and, you know, it's raining a little bit and – you can hear some music and where you want to go. Like that, you're
1: indicating a couple points,
0: but that to that me way. is the st- sort of stalemate of GMing of like everything's potential energy and it requires, it demands of the players to make decisions that they don't know about and which to me as a player gives me paralysis and then also, um, kind of. I don't know, you, you are losing a little bit of control over the experience that you want to have by saying, I don't know what happens next, so I'm going to go this direction.
1: Okay, yeah, so I will... I am currently, like, immersing myself in this kind of play, and I would love to play this kind of thing with you Yeah. to jump into, like, this mode of play that is no prep, And it's also no improvisation. So you are exploring with the players what's happening and following them through some extremely exquisitely authored content. And I want to make something like this. I want to make a hex crawl. Um, I want to make a grand campaign that's going to be a heartbreaker. Like, it sounds amazing. And, yeah, there's something about the discovery. And I find that I'm like rooting for the players more than i ever have in another game like i'm truly rooting for them knowing that the world is filled with horrible shit that i don't even know <laughs> like i don't even know what they're gonna find um and it's really compelling i think uvg would also be a really great method of this oh, yeah which yes. is more
0: specifically it is a point crawl um so might have more wisdom than i do in terms of how do you make sense of some of these abstractions um, versus like wolves, which is a hex crawl. So you have hex navigation as like an aspect of play. Um, UVG is the point, the point crawl. So like it is the point crawl as far as I'm concerned yeah. to Of like it, everything uh, those systems are, are built into that game and they sing because that's, Its entire goal.
1: Yeah, that's that's sick. I'm gonna I'm gonna read that. That is such a good recommendation. I'm writing it down and underlined it. uh, That Luca um, just made a new book,
0: um, Magitechnica. That's on exalted funeral. I'm actually ordering it as we talk because I forgot about it, (laughs) and and it's only fifteen bucks. But it's um, just more weird uvg psychedelia stuff um in a much smaller formats versus like the big uvg hardcover um so i'm gonna pick that up and see what he's tinkering with now
1: yeah how about we do a book report on that as another bonus yeah cool sick okay this has been a uh wait i think that was a new type of um segment where we talk about uh a design for a campaign with point crawls. Um, in the in the stuff we were talking about, it wasn't so much RPG troubleshooting, but I feel like it wasn't really a tech lab. It's what would you call that? Hmm, because I'm yeah, thinking a new started thing just happened. Yeah, we started with with tech uh, with the
0: therapy G and, <laughs> but it did evolve into like I guess some sort of. Um,
1: almost like shop talk something like like that
0: rpg glossary like what is a point crawl (laughs) how does oh yeah library
1: um, library use yeah uh
0: what's the i mean i guess this sort of falls in with tech support too i was gonna say help desk or like when you're at the library and you're trying to
1: like you need to ask a librarian for help i like help desk a lot help desk what what are we f- thinking for that one? I think like a uh, you know the kind of like action news like yeah, I like that. Help desk cuz well, there's thoughts? like a
0: sense of urgency. I was thinking almost like I'm thinking of the Law & Order song of just like <laughs> there's so many instruments. It's We're vibey, but there's yeah. a little bit of like intrigue and tension. I don't know what kind of music. I can't remember what like Grey's Anatomy's theme song is or like <laughs> But I'm thinking Help Desk has got an air of this is a place of professionalism
1: (laughs) where drama happens. Can I get a very straight up line delivery from you saying, This is a place of professionalism? Yeah. Yeah. Let me get
0: this is a place of professionalism.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That'll be good. That'll be good. All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode. Um, if you subscribe to our Ko-Fi at Braintrust.rocks, you'll get one of these uh, every season and maybe, maybe more than one. Um, yeah. Uh, great. Um, yeah. Braintrust.rocks for all of my stuff. And uh, Adam, tell me about where people can find your stuff.
0: I'm um, at worldchamp.io, which is also linked at Braintrust.rocks. That's all of it. You know, hub. It's, it's the hub.
1: We're, we are so new to having a hub full of stuff for all, both of us that we don't even know how to sign off anymore. <laughs> it's it's too easy. All right. Uh, do we have a different thing for bonus episodes? I don't care. All right. Goodbye.
0: Bye. Fuck it.